This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. I am Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy, and accompanied by my well-revered, in some circles, my esteemed colleague, cohort friend, and pain in the ass. And I'll give him this three-time this year champion, Mr. Eric Kravitz. I am a two-time, three-time champion. But you know what? You gave me I every accolade. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm the, you're the reason I'm not a four-time champion. I am a three-time champion this year, Will. I know. I said that as much. Okay. Well, y- you are a gem of a human being to actually give me the uh, accolades I deserve. So I, I cannot I, I cannot refuse to uh, be mad at the entire situation. Well, one of our favorite things is the program, The League, which I'm sure most of our listeners have probably seen as well. I hope so. cl- I, 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 I saw a clip recently that I completely forgot about. It was... The scene where Jenny was telling Kevin they're going to have another baby, and he's like, I don't care about being a dad. I want to be a champion. Uh, I mean, I'm not there yet. I don't know, but it kind of speaks to the mentality. Like, I mean, my family planning is my business. (laughs) But... um, uh, if that is something that were to have ever be in the cards for me to begin with, Will, um, I think that being a father would still come first over being a fantasy football champion. That's just me saying that. I'm not saying anything otherwise about it, man. I refuse. Well, if you enjoy this topic or much more <laughs> dynasty devoted topics, please catch us on X. At FDD underscore ethos. I mean, to be fair, life is the ultimate dynasty league. It, it really is. And sometimes so... you trade up to the top <laughs> of the draft. Sometimes you, you trade, trade down. down. Sometimes oh, you, you got to reshuffle down. the deck every once in a while. Oh, my God. Sometimes you're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes God you just want to put yourself on the trade block. I, I know. I know the feeling. Oh, yes. 100%. Um, like I said, FDD underscore ethos on X or at DNK radio and Kravit. We are now yes. two weeks removed from the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we could not get on last week. Um, we're hoping you're feeling better as of Oh, now. I was sick as shit last week. <laughs> um, I couldn't get out <laughs> of bed. Um, so we'll quickly touch on the Super Bowl and then move on to breaking down the top quarterback prospects of this year. And Krevit, yeah. if Patrick Mahomes is breathing, do you take Mahomes or the field if you are a betting man for the next 10 years? I mean, you absolutely have to go ahead and take Patrick Mahomes. You have to. The the, the man had nobody on offense this year. He had a rookie, Rasheed Rice. He had Kadarius Toney as his second receiver for half the year. And goes to show how good Kadarius Tony was for the Chiefs. He wasn't even active in the Super Bowl. They traded for Richie James at the beginning of the season. They traded for Mecole Hardman in the middle of the year. Or was that when the Jets caught him? Either way, they ended up with Mecole Hardman. Uh, who ended up being the hero of the Super Bowl. Go figure. But, well, we could have been receivers on that roster and maybe had a snap. And that's not hyperbole. That is how bad the wide receiving room in Kansas city was going into this season. And for Patrick Mahomes to bring that team with an underperforming Travis Kelsey to go and win a super bowl, albeit with the great defense that they had is nothing short of miraculous. And Patrick Mahomes is the reason for that miracle without a doubt. One of the best quarterbacks ever played the game. He's only 28 and people are already trying to find a way to compare him to Brady. That is how good he is. As a Jets fan, it sucks to hear, but you can't do anything about it, unfortunately. He is that guy. He is that dude. And that, well, that that's unfortunately just what it comes down to. I think the crazy part is, is you look at the great quarterbacks in the league in history. 
he's arguably on that Mount Rushmore already. Obviously, you're going to put Brady up there. You're going to put a guy like probably Joe Montana and Peyton Manning up there. And then the fourth guy, you know, I probably would say it's probably Mahomes already. I, I know there's some greats, obviously, you know, especially from the 90s, early 2000s, even going back to guys like Johnny Unitas, um, who's very well revered. I think you got to put him fourth on that Mount Rushmore right now. But uh, he, I, think he's number, I honestly think he's number two on my round, round Mushmore. Mount Rushmore. What word I did still you have out of your mouth? I, listen, it's tax season. We're still getting over a, like sickness, man. Like th- th- this isn't crab 100% that we're getting right now. This is crab like 65 and a half. Like this is a D just barely passing okay. right now. So, so words are going to be difficult for me and I promise you I'll do my best. But Mahomes is already second on that Mount Rushmore for me behind Brady because until Mahomes gets his seventh, he's going to stay at two. But three Super Bowls in your first six years is mind-blowing. To get to the AFC Championship game, the other uh, two, mind-blowing. He made a fourth Super Bowl, lost to Tom Brady. Mind-blowing. To do this with some amazing quarterback play in his conference, like Lamar, like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert went healthy, Joe, Joe Burrow went healthy. All of these guys are fantastic quarterbacks with a much better supporting cast around them, mind you. Patrick Mahomes is playing with me, myself, and I, and that's it. Maybe Taylor Swift's father is going to come down and lace him up. I don't know what the deal is with how Mahomes is doing it, let alone beating the NFC and arguably the best of roster ever constructed in, in the 49ers this past season who might lose Brandon. I, you come, come home, come, come home to New York, please. Brandon, that would be phenomenal. Is he from here? No, but I, I, I'm home. I, okay. I am. I, I am where the heart is. I understand. And Brandon. I, is, yeah, you, you get it. You, you appreciate it. Um, but he beat that team. He beat the Eagles the year before when they were better than they were this year. Um, the the Cowboys who? I'm trying to think who else. The Rams, all right, maybe, kind of, sort of. The, the Lions were the first team to beat them this year, and that was on opening kickoff, and it would have been really poetic to see Lions-Chiefs to begin the season and Lions-Chiefs to close the season. That would have been really cool. But I think the result would have ended up being the same. I really do think the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl regardless because they are the best team in football, and it's not close anymore. Yeah, and, you know, it was a good game. Not the cleanest game, but it was a very good game. Uh, I think the 49ers made mistakes a lot, especially in the second half. And, you know, it cost them. You can't make any mistakes. You have to play a perfect game when you're facing Patrick Mahomes. Uh, And Krevit, obviously... In the stands, everyone was, you know, before the game talking about Taylor Swift. But I got to ask you a very important question. What person in the stands stole the show more? Was it Taylor Swift or was it, in fact, Jason Kelsey? If it's not Jason Kelsey, turn us off because you're listening to the wrong program. Jason Kelsey is doing exactly what Taylor Swift is doing. But it's more endearing because it's Jason Kelsey. The man was walking around in a bootleg Rey Mysterio mask, like high on mushrooms, gyrating like Big E behind a goddamn DJ booth. And it was the most incredible thing anybody's ever seen. And and if anybody else did that, would it have been met with as much love? Not, not, not saying yes or no, but it's something to think about. And we're seeing a lot of Jason Kelsey now. He was a guest on the Shaquille O'Neal podcast. He's been guest everywhere. He's in talks with both CBS and NBC and Fox to do some on-screen, you know, work for them for NFL pre-shows, stuff like that. Like we're going to see a lot more of Jason Kelsey. So I think right now is the sweet spot where we're seeing a lot of him and we're not sick of it yet. Mm. Eventually, do you predict the Kelsey brothers will make an appearance on like SmackDown or something? Because I could see it. Maybe the Kelsey brothers are 100% going to be the new Manning brothers Mm. and the Manning brothers sort of just became the Manning brothers with the Manning cast, right? That's what two years old at this point. It's not, it's not an old program. Mm. 
it's not. We're gonna need the Mannings versus the Kelseys in some point in some. Oh, I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure we will. And the the um uh, the deciding factor, by the way, is 100% gonna be Kylie Kelsey. What what in whatever it is, Jason Kelsey's wife is going to be the deciding factor. Not 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 Taylor Swift, not anybody else. Kylie Kelsey, in her own right, apparently is somebody that people are excited to see take more of a step into the limelight. And she's not about it. She refuses to wear any football gear that is not Eagles gear. Like she wouldn't wear it. She wouldn't wear Travis Kelsey gear for the Chiefs. She ended up wearing his Cincinnati gear um, because she is just that much of an Eagles fan. She was an Eagles fan before she met Jason Kelsey. Fascinating. So she'll, she'll she'll say, you know what? Fuck you. That's, the, that's not, definitely devotion. That's that not. is definitely devotion. And yeah. uh, obviously, the Chiefs ultimately another Super Bowl. It is officially a dynasty. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes continue to lift their career profiles, and from the best quarterback in the world to some guys that hopefully want to be the best quarterback uh, but before world. we before we get into this i do have one question and it's very yes. selfish question whoa that was aggressive sir i it was not aggressive it was an emphatic well, yes well, well well it should be aggressive because it's a very crabby question oh, no. if i continue to be on the path that i'm on three championships over the past five years no no four championships over the past five years three appearances in a row am i a dynasty no but we, we just went over how Patrick real, Mahomes, real world is, real world Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey are, are a dynasty. And they're doing it with more or less the same people every year against more or less the same competition. Well, well, I, we'll, 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 we'll bridge I this discussion when we get to it. I'm constantly having to, you know, different roster compositions, different matchups every year try to see who needs what, where, how I can improve somebody else's team while improving my own team, even though whenever I make a trade, I always make my team worse for some reason. Like, what what I'm doing is unprecedented, and I'm not getting nearly the admiration that, you know, Mahomes is. Uh, well, if you have to ask for the admiration, it's not <laughs> a really a good thing. Someone that's gotten a lot of admiration – is Caleb Williams, who is expected to be the number one overall pick. Uh, looking more likely by the day as today, one of the, some of those sign things that you see, uh, Justin Fields unfiled the Bears. The Bears have said they'd like to have their QB plan in place right around the scouting combine, which I think is next week. Uh, or is it this week? I'm not actually sure. But either way, they want to have it the plan in place sooner rather than later. And most likely that means they are, in fact, going to take Caleb Williams first overall. And that means Justin Fields is likely to get traded. Obvious teams that make sense right off the bat. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, as you know, a few obvious ones. And the odds increase today for the Atlanta Falcons, as I believe Justin is from the Atlanta area. So that does make a lot of sense. So, Kravitz, before we get into Caleb Williams, if you had to pick a landing spot for Justin Fields, where do you like to think he would have more success, in Pittsburgh or in Atlanta? Well, you could put almost any quarterback in Atlanta, and there would be not immediate success, but a higher likelihood of success just because of the surrounding, just because of the roster around you. You have Pitts, you have B. John. You have Drake London. You have, you know, Jonu Smith, who Arthur Smith couldn't get a goddamn enough of for some reason. So, obviously, the answer there is going to be Atlanta. Although today, um, Chad Ochocinco is starting to break into the sports journalism scene. And he says a little birdie told him that Pittsburgh will indeed be signing a quarterback. But that quarterback is going to be Russ Wilson. So whether or not it's true, you know, take that with a grain of salt, obviously. It could very, very, very easily just be like, a, am Chad Johnson. I'm going to see, I'm going to take a shit and see if it sticks to the wall. That, that could very obviously be a thing. But at the same time, we are pretty much guaranteed that Russ Wilson is not going to be on the Broncos next year. The Steelers desperately need a quarterback 
because Mason Rudolph is not it. Kenny Pickett is not it. So somebody else is going to have to lead that team or at least get Kenny Pickett ready, right? So they're a landing spot for a quarterback. And if it's only going to cost them money, why wouldn't Russ Wilson, you know, take a shot, look at it, you know? I think Russ could be pretty successful in Pittsburgh. And obviously Justin Fields is going to be successful if he ends up in Atlanta. Well, historically, you look at what he did in Seattle, what worked. And yes, he does a lot of ad-libbing. Not a great person as far as, you know, running the play exactly the way, you know, maybe the coaches designed it. But doesn't that scream what Tomlin was like with Ben Roethlisberger? Yes, you had a plan, but but the play broke down and it did often. Roethlisberger was the same way. He kind of ad-libbed the play, did his thing. So there is a somewhat familiarity with that type of play. So it is very possible it could work out. So that would make sense. But yes, I think the more dynamic answer is in Atlanta. But the question is just how will it be used? Like you're hoping they remember that, you know, Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan should be the guys given their talent. And yes, I get wanting to keep everyone fresh and healthy, but I'm sorry. The usage numbers last year were atrocious, and you just hope the new coaching staff, you know, realizes that. They've already gone on record when asked what they're going to do differently from the season prior. Play the best players? The answer was give our best players the football. Oh, it's a a, such a bold strategy. It's like mind-blowing. So the buy low window on Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson, unfortunately, is closed. For those of you trying to get your first or second shares or 97th shares of them. It's going to take a little bit more than it did this time last year for Drake, London, and Kyle Pitts, and nobody was trading B. John to begin with. I traded both last year. You didn't trade B. John. You traded Pitts in London. I traded Pitts in London. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But From the same you, team. You know what I mean, Will. To I'm, the like, same team, actually. To the same team? Was it the same trade? No, two different trades. <laughs> I traded to the same team. And it's just funny. I traded Pitts for Kenneth Walker. And I traded London for... I don't remember what I traded him for, but it was a good package. Uh, Hello. <coughs> Excuse me. Listen. Wait, why can't I see a trade history? You you should be able to see a trade history. If it was on Sleeper, of course you're going to see a trade history. It was. Are you sure about that? It was oh, on Tim Robinson oh, on wait, there, there he is. Okay, got it. Okay. So what was it? Um, tra- why, why is it Today was a huge trade day in, in the 32-teamer, by the way. George Pickens moved twice. Nice. For some reason, it's only showing trades accepted or rejected between me and you. Ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Which league is it? I could, probably, I could try to find it. Uh, it is our Dynasty League. Dynasty. Stop being so dynasty, Will. All right. So let let let's find it. Let's find this, shall we? Who did who did you trade them to? I traded it to our dear friend um Hobie. Oh, Hobart, of course. All right. So the London trade was you got Amari, Alec Pierce, Javante Williams, and Roshan Johnson. No, it's Jameson Williams and Roshan yeah, Johnson. Williams. For for Drake London. Yes. So you got plenty of noise for that. I, I thought and it was for Kyle Pitts, was it just straight? It was straight up. up. Yep. Okay. So, interesting That's thoughts. That's good. Anyway, yeah. enough of being distracted. We are here to talk quarterbacks today. <laughs> um, Travis, Caleb Williams, easily viewed as the top prospect, has been for a few years. I myself am not sold personally. I know you are more confident in him than I am. Tell me yeah, what y'all, you love y- about you Caleb all, Williams. You're all so like where let me ask you, where did the narrative uh, of Caleb Williams being a loser and not being mature come from? Because that's um, a narrative that people are running with. It is. I'm not saying it, where did it come that? from? Something about him just does not strike me as you know, being that guy in general. You know, people reference the game where, you know, they lost and he cried with his mom on the field. 
I will say, you know, not the best look, but I can understand people being emotional, but obviously not the best look. I think it's the fact that in those years, those two years at USC, you know, they didn't win a whole lot. The defense was atrocious, so that is definitely a factor. But he had really good wide receivers to work with, and his numbers are obviously solid. But the fact that, you know, he probably could have done better, and obviously two years ago, 42 touchdowns, five interceptions. Not complaining about that. Put up 4,500 yards <laughs> in 14 games. Last year, right. took a, last year took a step back. Um, 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, five interceptions. So the numbers look good. It's more of you had competent wide receivers. I know your defense was bad, but your offense, you know, they could have done better. I'm not putting it all on him. But the mental makeup questions, his ability to handle those situations, it is a, a it is something that should be considered. But look, the talent's there. You can't argue with the talent's there. The question is, is it going to translate to being a winning quarterback? I'm not 100% sold yet. I'm just not. I'm willing to give it a little more time and see interviews. I've seen him play, obviously. But I'm just, it's a gut feeling kind of thing. I'm not sold. Listen. All, all, I, I've seen he's immature, he's young, all, all of these things. At the end of the day... Wait, wait, wait. wait. He's young. They're all young. But th- that's where I was going. Th- these are all 20, 21, 22-year-olds who are being asked to carry the the world on their shoulders. And all of them have been groomed for this since they're very young, some very differently than others. But... At the end of the day, when Caleb Williams is being compared to Patrick Mahomes as as a prospect, we just talked about why that matters. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he will be the next Patrick Mahomes because I am not stupid. I am not going to say that that's going to be the case at all. What I will say is that if you put him on that Bears team with DJ Moore, you're going to draft O'Dunn's at nine if he's there for him. And you're going to put talent around him. Plus, they, they improve their defense. There's no reason why you can't trust Caleb Williams, at least for what you want him to be. He's going to be learning in the system. And honestly, that division is kind of open right now. Minnesota right now doesn't have a quarterback. It's likely they'll bring back Kirk Cousins, but who knows if they will. Jordan Love took a huge step forward at the end of the year last year. But is that a fluke? Because he played terribly before the end of that, right? He was just not good for a very long time last year. And Jared Goff is Jared Goff. You know exactly what you have. And unfortunately, right now with Chicago, you know what you have in Justin Fields, and he's not what you want him to be. He can't read zone defenses. He's good at improvising, but he... he, his arm talent is not there. He can't make the throws you need him to make. He cannot find the open guy. He runs very well, but that's just not what you're looking for in a quarterback. If you're Chicago, that's what it feels like. That's what it sounds like, right? Right. It's hard to tell the coaching staff has been abysmal. Also. It doesn't listen. If you're, if you're going to spend the number one overall pick on a quarterback, you're going to go out of your way to make sure your coaching staff is as good as it can possibly be be the best it will be for Caleb Williams. That's why we're lo- that's why they were looking at Cliff for a while. It didn't end up working out, but that's why they were looking at Cliff Kingsbury for a very <coughs> excuse me, like I said, words are hard. That's why you you want to use every single resource you can to make sure that Caleb will be in the position to succeed. And I think that's what they got. I think that's what they're going to do. They would be stupid not to do that. And I think committing to the quarterback this early is an important piece. Getting a really good package for Justin Fields is another. And I'm of the camp where I think they're not going to get exactly what they want for him, if I'm being honest with you. It really depends on how many teams are going to seriously make them a significant offer. Because like you said, if the Steelers are looking at Fields, they're looking at Russell Wilson, I think if you gave me those choices, I can understand both perspectives. You look at Wilson's career, not necessarily what happened in Denver uh, by uh, by itself. 
but you look at his career in general and what he can do historically, and I can understand the thought there. So when you look at it, if you're Atlanta or the Commanders, I can't really think of too many other teams that have an obvious need for a starting quarterback. Um, you know, that's obviously a consideration, but if you only have a few teams and they're both telling you, yeah, we're not giving you a one, we may give you a two, then you're kind of just like, all right, I'll take what I can get. It, it's hard to create the market if there's not a strong market, and that ties into, yes, Fields is talented, and he's a great fantasy quarterback, but he has had so many times and extended stretches during seasons in his young career where it almost looks lost. And we as Jet fans, Kravit, know very well what that looks like, having seen the unfortunate quarterback play we have. So I can understand the trepidation of giving anything truly significant for a guy that hasn't proven that he can win. Talented, yes, but not proven that he can win. I get that. I do. Thank you for putting up with uh, my dying on air. Genuinely appreciate that. Anytime. But we have seen glimpses of Justin Fields being good at what he needs to do, right? It's not like we we see Justin Fields and automatically think he can't do anything. So there is some talent there. It's just a matter of which team thinks that they could extract it out of him. And there are also two pieces to the trade for Justin Fields. You have to give up adequate draft capital or players or wherever it is, and you're going to have to commit the money to them. And a lot of teams aren't going to want to commit $40 million to a project quarterback if you believe Justin Fields is a project quarterback. (coughs) If you you believe that Justin Fields is not a project quarterback, you're going to give up the form to get him. And if you do believe he is a project quarterback, you're not going to pay him. So it's a monkey's paw. You don't know exactly what's going to happen with with him, which sucks. If, If you are the Chicago Bears, you're in a real real pickle. And that's the widest sentence I've ever said in my entire life, but it's true. You're, 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 you're fucked if you do, and you're fucked if you don't. It's a, it's a pretty bad situation to be in if I'm the bears, because I'm not going to get full market value for Justin Fields. And if somebody is going to give me full market value, I'm going to think, why do they think he's the guy after three years we've seen him and he's not the guy. So it's a double-edged sword and I'm, I'm not excited for the Bears to have to go through this. But hey, they put themselves in this situation. They're going to draft Caleb Williams. If they want to draft Caleb Williams, they'll draft anybody they want. And they'll move on from there. You know, it'd be really funny to me is if... If they draft Har- Marvin Harrison? No. Uh, if, hypothetically, um, Kirk Cousins decides to leave Minnesota, even though that's predicted he's going to go back to Minnesota. Uh, if he decides to leave Minnesota and the only people offering the Bears what they want is Minnesota for just uh i would laugh so very much anyway so the it's pretty much mapped out that uh caleb williams will go to the bears at number one at number two here's where we like to have some fun because there are teams that need quarterbacks washington commanders need a quarterback the patriots need a quarterback uh the giants could use a quarterback titans probably not so much the falcons we discussed the bears obviously I would disagree with you about the Titans. I mean, they're not going to draft a quarterback. But did you see anything out of Will Levis last year other than diving on that fumble that made you think, oh, he's a franchise quarterback? No, but the fact that it just took a high draft pick means I'm pretty sure they're not taking a quarterback in this draft, which also means that they're giving him a two-year shot because next year's class is probably not going to be that great. So let's just move them off to the side. But Minnesota, obviously, Kirk Cousins, they could be in the market for a quarterback. Denver at 12, market for a quarterback. Las Vegas at 13 could be in the market for a quarterback. So you have a lot of teams in this mix that could want a quarterback, and there's only a handful after Caleb Williams. The real drama starts at two with the Commanders, and then I think gets even crazier with New England at three. The Commanders will have their choice, basically, of... Jaden Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Drake May, J.J. McCarthy. You know, all these guys probably expected to be in the first round. And Jaden is, you know, your typical dual threat. 
And he reminds a lot of people of Lamar Jackson with one caveat. Everyone unanimously seems to agree he is a much better thrower of the football than Lamar. So if you're telling me he's got Lamar's legs with a better arm, I am terrified of this notion and hope he ends up in the NFC somehow. So I'm hoping the commanders take him at two. But historically, obviously, running quarterbacks have not fared well. He may be the one to break that mold. You look at his numbers at LSU especially, even compared over his first few years at Arizona State. And the first few years, not great, and kind of exploded this year as far as the passing. So takes took some time, but definitely developed. But Kravit, what are your thoughts on Jaden, and do you think he could be Lamar 2.0 and an improvement over him? Asking anybody to be Lamar 2.0 is it's a special ask. Because I, I, I'm of the thought that I think Lamar is underrated, even though he just won his second MVP. And every quarterback that has won two MVPs is either in the Hall of Fame or will be in the Hall of Fame. He would be the anomaly. So it's weird to say. Although I do think that Drake May is the better um, quarterback of the two, uh, at least for what the NFL is going to be right now. Because Drake May could still move. He, he could still run. He's not Lamar. He, he's, not, he's, not, he's not a prototypical running quarterback. His comp is Justin Herbert, which is ridiculous. Imagine Justin Herbert on the commanders with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and everybody else on that team. I I would be more excited for Drake May to be a commander than I would be for Jaden Daniels to also be a commander. Interesting. That And on top of that, I think I would rather see Jaden Daniels in the AFC East because it would be easier, I think, for the Jets to at least contain him because it's a typical pocket passer we've seen sort of destroy the Jets and a running quarterback we've seen eating them alive. I mean, yeah, we've got to burn by both in the past. So, you know, yeah. So I'd I'd rather take the chance of having the not typical quarterback in the division also with no weapons around him. So if I could have Jaden Daniels on the Patriots with his best receiver be Devonta Parker, Sign me the fuck up. And one concern is he is predominantly a running quarterback. His arm has dramatically improved over the last year plus, but predominantly a running quarterback. And you look at him in pads, he's not built like Lamar, though. He is much more... I don't, I don't, his frame is much more slight, and I'm terrified of one big defensive tackle just crushing him. Uh, so that definitely is a concern. He can be electric, but that definitely is a concern to take a look at. Also, I just pulled up a photo of Drake. May. I have never actually seen a photo. He kind of looks like Justin Herbert if you mixed him with, like, Drake Bell. So I find that ironic to me. Uh, I mean, tell me, tell me if yeah, I've seen him. You're, you're not wrong. Hmm. But there, there are a lot of people out there, and it's still the minority of scouts. But the fact that it's more than one makes it a lot to me. Who would take Drake May over Caleb Williams? That's and the an fact interesting that assessment. Yeah, the, the fact that there's even more than one or two people that could do that tells me all I need to know about Drake May. People aren't saying that about Jaden Daniels. Well, I think it's the fact that you know he is a much more polished thrower. And as you said, he's not Jaden Daniels as far as the rushing. But he is very, very competent. He's had over 1,200 rushing yards in his career. So definitely much more of a dual threat. Definitely enough escapability for the NFL. Whereas Caleb you know, can run a little bit, but he is much more of a pure pocket passer than May or obviously Daniels. Um, so those are the big three. Do you think they go one, two, three? Do you think that's the top of the draft right there? One, two, and three, no matter what? Or if hypothetically it's, you know, Caleb and May one, two, or 
or if people are people are really excited for the Patriots to try to draft uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. without a quarterback. The, maybe. Or do you give maybe Mac Jones get a, a cool, shot? You might listen. McCarthy might be the fourth and final quarterback to go in the first round, which means you could have Penix in the second. You can have Bo Nix in the second. There are some other intriguing quarterbacks much later on in the draft. I'm not saying that either Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones deserves to be the starting quarterback because let's be real, they don't. But it's something that can happen. And if you do add Marvin Harrison to that team, it does change the landscape of the team. It changes the landscape of the entire division because he's that type of transcendent wide receiver. He's incredible. So if that happens and people are seeing it happen more and more as mock draft season gets deeper and deeper and as the end of April draws closer and closer, we are seeing that. Hell, we're even seeing Malik Neighbors go at five and four. We're not seeing Jaden Daniels go until six or seven in, in some of the more recent mock drafts. Hell, um, Daniel Jeremiah, one of the best. Um, uh, hold on, let's pull, up, let's pull up his mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah. He's one of the best writers for the NFL that they've got. And draft season is his season. It's bread and butter season for Daniel Jeremiah. He released his second um, mock draft today. He has Jaden Daniels going six to the New York Giants. He has Caleb and Drake going one and two. Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors going three and four. Joe Alt going five to the Chargers. And I've been saying Joe Alt to the Chargers for a very long time. So to me, to see Daniel Jeremiah sort of give me that vindication, phenomenal. I feel great about myself. And he has McCarthy going to the Falcons at eight. Granted, none of these mock drafts account for trades. So anything can happen, obviously. But to, to, to see Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison go before Jaden Daniels and for, Mar and, and for Drake May to still be the second player off the board after Caleb Williams tells me all I need to know, should tell you all you need to know about what, what, what the inconsistencies between the two are. But like, who is much better than the other? Yep. No, it's, it, it's Drake May season. Um, Definitely the more prototypical, definitely the more of a sure thing. And I think all of them are talented. I definitely understand the hype around Drake May, especially. I I really don't know which one at this point in time I like more. We still got another two plus months of having these discussions. And, um, you know, obviously the scouting combine, all the interviews and all that stuff, all the reports that come out, we're still waiting on uh, all that to get a better idea, but you look at the eye test and they all did had such good years that just from, you know, the highlights and the eye test alone, you can't go wrong, at least on that basic level. So it's just going to be, you know, at what we learn over the next few months. And the problem is I, I look historically and something about the commanders just screams to me. They're going to take Jaden. I don't know why. Something about it just that's just what I'm what the feel is. And also because if May falls to three, you know what happens, and that's just our luck. Which is just why You shut your whore mouth, Will. I'm just saying that's the most realistic answer to what's gonna happen. What a bad guy you are. I don't want it to be, but What a bad guy. Oh boy. Way to talk it into existence. I'm, I, I, well, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, right. So That's we what will, I'll do. we will learn a lot more. The scouting combine is next week. So that should be fun. And then obviously the Cardinals, you know, they are paying a ton of money uh, to their quarterback. So they're not going to take one. So number four is with Arizona is really the first lock that it's not going to be a quarterback. So that's the easy place to put Marvin Harrison. If one, two, three are quarterbacks. Um, which is, you know, good for Arizona because they need all the help they can get. Um, and then you have the Chargers, and the Giants need a quarterback. The Chargers obviously don't, so it'll be interesting what they do. They could take an offensive lineman. They could take uh, neighbors. They could take um, Bowers. So the Giants at six would be the next time a quarterback could go off the board. If the big three, if any one of them is still there, that's obviously going to go to them. 
Um, but four and five with Arizona and the Chargers, I would not be surprised if one of the big three makes it to four or five. They could take Marvin Harrison, or this is the trade down spot. Could the Giants move up a few spots? Yes. But I'm looking at 11, 12, and 13. Denver has a quarterback problem. The Raiders have a quarterback problem. The Vikings probably don't have a quarterback problem. I'm leaving them in for now, as we obviously don't know with free agency just yet. I'm, I'm So I'm picturing an 11, 12, and 13 trade-up to 4 or 5 to get that quarterback should he fall to that point, which is where I think you could have a lot of fun. And then it's crazy to think that, you know, the top two offensive linemen and the top two wide receivers who would potentially be on the board still when you get to like five, six, seven, which is just listen. Crazy. Quarterbacks are a hell of a drug. We've known this for a real long time. Well, we've and known we, do. We, we, we know that quarterback is king, especially if you can get a good one on a rookie deal. Because other than Mahomes, like that's what's been getting it done in in this recently in the Super Bowl. Young quarterbacks with solid teams built around them on rookie contracts. And at well, least well, the one tie-in with Dynasty is that you feel that a little bit more than a regular redraft league. If you're set up with good quarterbacks, and if you have one quarterback league, not as concerning. But if you're in a 2QB league or a QB in a Superflex league in a Dynasty, you know what it means to have two really good quarterbacks capable. And then you have Ideally, you would have a bench quarterback, but we've seen this past year what it means when those quarterbacks go down and what it means to draft these quarterbacks at the top of the draft. And if you get it wrong in Dynasty, you are setting yourself back so badly. I got lucky. I had three drafts where I was in the top five and needed a quarterback. Two out of the three, I drafted C.J. Stroud. The other one I drafted Anthony Richardson and then ironically traded him to you. But I luckily avoid the number one overall pick and avoided all Bryce Youngs. Maybe that changes around. But for right now, if you are the person that has a lot of Bryce Young, you are not sitting pretty. Yeah, you don't got to tell me that. I went I went Bryce Young um, in one league. I also went... Uh, when you're in as many leagues in, as I'm in, you, you can afford you to diversify everyone. your portfolio. I don't own people. I have shares, Will. This is the stock market. This is not the 1850s. Okay. What about the, what about the 1950s? That would be even worse. I don't know. I kind of like, I'd like to live in the 1950s. I, I'm sure you would, but I feel like a lot of people we know and a lot of the people who play the game of football would not. Mm, just me then. Okay. Yeah. I'll go back to the 1950s. Have fun with that, bud. I'll invest in McDonald's. Smart planning. You investing. That's that's what's the train of thought right here. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so I do see a trade up from one of those teams to jump into like the four, five, six range, depending on who it is. Um, after the big three, obviously JJ McCarthy. The numbers don't stand out too much. Um, very solid, but he wasn't asked to do a whole lot in his three years at Michigan. Um, Jim Harbaugh runs a very defensive, run-heavy system, and the numbers are good. And I think people are just anticipating, you know, the learning curve, having operated under a coach like Harbaugh for the last three years and transitioning to a game that is definitely going to be different than the college game as far as letting him kind of open up his skill set, has a lot of people intrigued. And I know um, it was reported that on some NFC teams draft board, they had McCarthy listed as the number two quarterback on their board. So he's not officially a part of the big three, but according to the way NFL teams view him, he is right there. I'm sorry. Um, I was just having a... a, uh coughing attack and could not hear anything you said oh i'm sorry basically we're talking about how teams are viewing jj mccarthy even though he's not viewed by the public media as part of the big three he is right there with some teams even having him as high as two on their draft the 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 fact that um harbaugh of michigan said that he wouldn't be surprised if he was the first quarterback taken off the board is remarkable is fucking remarkable. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I might be targeting him at like, I might be targeting him in some fantasy drafts if I can't get where I need to go with um, uh, May or Daniels. If I need to walk away with a quarterback, I don't see why not. No, I, I completely understand that. Well, we'll get to Dynasty uh, first uh, drafts eventually once we break down all these players, but crazy that the fourth quarterback could still be up in the first half of the draft in a, in a Dynasty rookie draft. I'd imagine, you know, depending on which team McCarthy ends up on, he could easily still be a top six or seven Dynasty uh, pick this year. Um, it'll be. I don't think McCarthy. No, no. The, the, the top seven, I think, is 100% set in stone. Well, you got the three, the quarterbacks. You have, you have you the quarterbacks. Three wide yeah. receivers and Bowers, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Yes, that is 100% the top seven. And if okay. you got anything else going on in your league that changes that, you got something wrong with your league. So what you're saying is if I pick at nine, I got to trade up to eight. Well, you got to try to pick, trade up to seven. No, if I wanted Bowers, I trade up to seven. If I want McCarthy, I got to make sure. If you want McCarthy, eight. he'll be there for you at nine. Mm, interesting. May have to do that. Although my team also needs wide receivers. I got a lot to work on. Anyway. Yes, it did. Um, out of the next, so McCarthy's right there, roughly at number four. Previtt, Penix, and Bo Nix are the two remaining quarterbacks of significance and note, at least at this point in time. Do you think, though those are clearly day two quarterbacks, most likely. Are they like the pure backup types, or does, are you seeing something that you could say, Maybe like two or three years down the line, one of these guys might be able to, you know, help out some. Can you repeat the question, please? So, so like, uh, I, I've got a very. I, I'm sorry. You, you know, you know, I'm not doing all that you're, great. Obviously, you're. We're, we're trying. Kravitz is still recovering from the <laughs> Um, basically, Bo Nix and Michael Penix probably ahead of Nix, but they are day two quarterbacks. Not starters right away. Definitely going to be back up somewhere, most likely. And the real question is, do you think they have, obviously, anyone could have any potential. We just had a guy that was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant, essentially, in the Super Bowl, leading a team. So anything's possible. But is there anything in Penix's game or Bonex's game that tells you they could be more than a backup quarterback in the NFL? No. 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 No, I well, don't think so. Well, that's it. That's all the time we had devoted to Michael Penix Jr. and uh, Bo Nix today. <laughs> listen, because... <laughs> listen Mike, Michael Penix, the, the thing Michael Penix has going for him is that he shares stats with one college quarterback of all time, and the theme of this episode is Patrick Mahomes. But on top of that, <clears throat> on top of that, um, uh, he's 24, he's 25, he's old. He's got injuries, and teams take that into account if they want you to be their uh, franchise guy. I so, remember you know. the name. The name that comes to mind was like, wasn't Brandon Whedon like 26 when he finally came out in the draft? Like, wasn't he? Like yeah, and look how well that worked out for Brandon Whedon. Yeah, no, I'm. Well, that's the Cleveland Browns for you uh, making that decision. So, um, ultimately. You know, as I look at this, um, you know, first round, Caleb's going to the Bears. I still think Jaden goes um, number two to the um, Washington Commanders. And I think May ends up in New England. And then after that, I would probably say, you know, J.J. McCarthy I feel like J.J. McCarthy screams to me that he is going to be either a Viking or a Raider that trades up into the 4-5-6 range. Um, and that, will in my opinion, is your first-round quarterbacks right there. And then Penix and Knicks will be day two picks and then lead the rest of the class. Um, the rest of the first round, we're kind of going to get into some of the top receivers. Um some of the other top talent from this year's draft, but obviously quarterbacks will always lead the way. Uh, not a great running back class, but obviously there's always a need for that. So, you know, we'll get into running backs as well. But next week we're going to kind of break down the top wide receivers and kind of where we think they're going to end up. Uh, so covered quarterbacks, obviously the important ones anyway. And next week is fun because wide receiver is probably the most 
needed position, most high scoring consistently position as far as dynasty is concerned. And the NFL, a lot of teams are looking for wide receivers and others are just stacked. It's very weird how that uh how that's working right now. Come home, Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> and by home I mean come to the Jets, please. You could do it. I have faith in you, bud. It is possible, but he would need to be traded. Uh, so we'll see how that works. We do not have a lot of draft capital right now, as you are aware. So we'll see uh, what the free agency is in store, which is only a few weeks away now. Always an exciting time, unlike MLB free agency, which kind of goes on with a whimper as we get ready for spring training. So, Krav, next week we're talking wide receivers. We've talked quarterbacks. Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, winning life, winning at everything. Every other quarterback wants to be Patrick Mahomes. Any summary of thoughts for this evening? Besides being healthy? No. <laughs> Just trying to get through the day. Look, I appreciate your time and effort to be here with us. No, 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 I get it. And, and I, I listen... It, it's been a whirlwind for your boy for the last couple of weeks with the, the beginning of tax season and being on your deathbed for a couple of days. So like it happens. It, it, it's part of life. And if I didn't love talking to Will, if I didn't love talking to the millions and millions of our fans about fantasy football on a weekly basis, then I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> Real simple. Yeah. Uh, well, make sure to catch the crab and myself, FDD underscore ethos at BNK Radio on X. And, you know, we'll be back next week in our usual time slot, barring any more deathbeds. So, uh, as always, I'm Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy. He's the crab. And you're listening to First Down Dynasty on the Sports Ethos Network. Have a good night, everybody. 